0: Hello, my friends. Some incredible child abuse discovered in Ontario, rampant. Every health authority you can shake a stick at has given the same cruel advice. The children sent home from class or childcare have to isolate within their own home, solitary confinement at home, even if they don't have any symptoms, like no symptoms. 14-day solitary confinement mm-hmm. in their own home. It's gross. And I'll show you what the public health authorities have to say about it. Um, before I do, let me invite you to become a subscriber to what we call Rebel News Plus. Eight bucks a month, 80 bucks for the whole year. You get the video version of this podcast. But just as important, you're supporting Rebel News. You know, without these subscriptions, I'm not sure how we would get money to pay our bills. Because we're, we're never going to take money from Trudeau like the other guys do. So really, we rely on it. And this isn't a, you know, a pity thing. It's my way of saying, hey... You're actually paying for all those other media, the CBC, all the newspapers. You're paying for them anyway. You're just being forced to pay through them for your taxes. Please consider paying for us eight bucks a month voluntarily and support what we're doing. You can do that at rebelnews.com and just click subscribe. Anyhow, that's my pitch to you. Here's today's podcast. Tonight, Ontario requires young children to quarantine by themselves with zero contact with their own parents. It's child abuse. It's March 2nd, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to government about why i publish publishing it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Let me tell you about an interesting story. It started on Twitter with some mums and grandmas. They had received some propaganda from various government public health agencies in Ontario that I think a lot of people see and tune out. Maybe that's just me. It's endless government public service messages. I think they're engineered to be boring. And after a while, it's all just the same droning background noise, like an old air conditioner or flying on a plane or a detuned radio. It's just a hum. But these moms and grandmas read it. I suppose that's what moms and grandmas do. And they started to tweet about it to their few dozen followers. Um, the story had been ignored by big shots in the media, CBC, CTV, the Global Mail. Those guys are 100% in favor of lockdowns. The harsher, the better. Uh, for the little people, not for themselves. Um, you know, These days, the media is in favor of most things that Trudeau wants because they pretty much all work for him in one way or another. Um, but uh, this, or versions of this, is what the mums were tweeting about. What to do if your child is dismissed from school, but doesn't have any symptoms? So nothing. Maybe someone else in the class was sick, but your child has no symptoms, your child is not sick, but your child is being sent home from school healthy, so what should you do? Normal parents or a normal doctor would probably say, oh, just keep an eye on things, but uh, don't be weird about it. The Peel region, which is a large area outside of Toronto, says, and I quote, the child must self-isolate, which means stay in a separate bedroom, eat in a separate room apart from others, use a separate bathroom if possible, If the child must leave their room, and why would they? I mean, they're a child. Stay there for two weeks in your room. They should wear a mask and stay two meters apart from others. Uh, Hang on, do you have to do both? A mask and two meters apart? It is strongly recommended to test for COVID-19 on or after the date listed in your letter. I'm serious. They recommend two weeks of solitary confinement in the child's own home, wear a mask in their own home, Don't get within six feet of anyone in your own home, even if you're wearing a mask. Don't see other family members in your own home, even if no one here has any symptoms at all, including the child. Oh, and that's not all. Look at the next column in this flyer. For other kids in the same address, any other children who live in the same address should stay home from school until the child who is a close contact returns to school. Oh, so the whole family is knocked out of commission. And the last point, um, should not go out to play with friends or see family who don't live with you. So not only does a child who has no symptoms have to stay at home and quarantine, but all the other kids in the same home who don't have any symptoms and don't even know someone who had symptoms, they have to stay home too, and they can't visit anyone else either. And remember, this is all for a kid sent home with no symptoms. This is madness. Now as you can see, this is a fancy poster that was obviously planned and laid out and reviewed and edited. It's not just some slapdash comment. It's not just some email written by somebody. These are the official rules published by the official people. And folks follow these rules because people are scared. They're scared of the virus, I think. But I think by now we all know that kids really don't get this virus. And if they get it, they recover. If they even know they had it. And I think people are really scared of the government more than anything. The government that's finding people thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. So I think some people are doing terrible things to their own children out of fear, like turning them into prisoners in solitary confinement. Well, One of the few lockdown skeptics in the mainstream media is Anthony Fury of The Toronto Sun. He wrote about these tweets and this cruel policy. I'll read a bit from his great article in The Toronto Sun, and I salute Anthony for this. Experts call Peel guidelines to place children in solitary quarantine Cruel punishment, drastic measure not supported by science, and could have long-lasting psychological effects. Peel Health has issued guidelines to parents instructing them to keep any children who have been sent home because a classmate has tested positive for COVID-19 isolated in a separate room from all other family members for 14 days. You read it. The severe guidelines which apply even to small children who are dismissed from child care. I didn't even read that part. I read it as if it was school. It included child care. We're talking children of tender years. They're being criticized by experts as harmful and not supported by science. Quote, this is cruel punishment for a child, especially for younger children, four to ten years old. Dr. Susan Richardson, a microbiologist and infectious disease physician, who is also a professor emerita at University of Toronto, wrote in an email to The Sun, shutting a child off from their parents and siblings for up to 14 days in this manner could produce significant and long-lasting emotional and psychological effects. Can you imagine having a four-year-old locked in their room for two weeks with no contact? Are you freaking mad? And then Anthony quotes some of the mums and grandmas who had more common sense than 10,000 health bureaucrats. Um, here's one grandma. My 10-year-old daughter was sent home from school today because one kid in her class tested positive. Public health instructed her mom to keep her in her room with no contact with the rest of the family for 14 days. Sounds like child abuse to me. There's a $5,000 fine for noncompliance. Well, that one grandma did more investigative journalism than anyone at the CBC or the Toronto Star. Anthony Fury wrote about her tweet, wrote about the story, the story went viral and everyone realized how stupid the government is. So Fury actually managed to put a question to the government's public health officials. I'm gonna play the whole exchange for you unedited. Take a listen.
1: Anthony Fury, Post Media, please go
2: ahead. Hi there, Dr. Williams. Peel Region Health has apologized for telling parents they need to quarantine children who may have been exposed to the virus in isolation from all family members. However, there are still multiple public health units that offer Similarly worded guidance for when kids are dismissed from school and all those public health units. They say they are simply following provincial guidelines So can you clarify for all those? Uh, frustrated and well outraged parents that we're hearing from what the province-wide position actually is on this matter Okay, I'm gonna hand that over to dr. Yaffe to answer that one as she does a lot of the case contact management uh, issues
1: Thank you very much I um, i mean we know that if somebody uh, may have covid 19 or they've been a close contact of somebody from with covid 19 uh, we would like them to be isolated for up to 14 days which is the uh, incubate maximum incubation period because they may develop the infection and become infectious to others however we obviously understand that you can't leave a child alone in a room for that period of time. Um, and so you have to use basically common sense and say, you know, if, if your child had had measles or some other infectious disease, uh, how would you handle the situation? And you would make sure that the child, obviously, you're caring for the child, but you use proper infection prevention and control. Uh, if possible, you wear a mask, you wash your hands well. Um, you make sure the child is obviously uh, not exposing others in the family as much as possible hopefully one only one or two people need to care for the child during that period but you do not leave the child alone in a room for 14 days so i think perhaps it was just uh, the choice of wording was probably not uh, optimal but uh, it is important to try to minimize the spread of infection and uh, There are instructions for that on the uh, Public Health Agency of Canada website, Public Health Ontario, and so on. And uh, if in doubt, you consult your your health unit or your your health practitioner uh, in terms of how you would deal with it. But um, use common sense, try to prevent transmission of infection, but take care of the child.
2: Follow-up? Okay, but um, you've said many times that the contact tracing reveals that there has hardly been any in-class transmission at all throughout the province, and that is one reason why schools are safe. So why then does a child who was simply in the same room as another child who later tested positive, and therefore based on what you've been saying is extremely unlikely to later test positive for the virus, why does that child even need to be kept indoors for 14 days straight and separated uh, from pretty much all other family members except for a caregiver?
1: Well, I mean, it isn't uh, common to have transmission in schools, but unfortunately, as you've heard, we are now dealing with uh, variants of concern. Um, And uh, in some instances in the school setting, and they are uh, at least 40 to 50% more transmissible than the usual um, normal variant of uh, COVID-19. So we need to be extra cautious. This can spread very quickly. And uh, so we want to be extra careful and uh, make sure that uh, we minimize
0: spread. Did you hear that? Well, the choice of the wording was probably not optimal. And come on, guys, just use common sense. You know what we mean. Well, well, which is it? Follow your stupid rules or follow common sense, because those are two very different things. And by the way, um, if a cop comes with a $5,000 fine, can I say, hey, copper, can I point them to this embarrassing press conference by some public health bureaucrat? Is, is that enough to get a mom or a grandma out of a fine, just showing a TV clip there? Does that trump the actual law or the health order? Does that actually change anything, that embarrassing admission by some public health drone? Or did it just get the government through an uncomfortable tight spot and the rules remain? Because actually the rules remain. Even on their own terms, though... Choice of wording not optimal, but it's not the wording; it's the meaning of the words. It's not a turn of a phrase. There wasn't one h- word that was hard to understand either. Children of tender years in childcare or schools, either those children with no symptoms have to be quarantined away from the family or not. It's not the use of the words; it's the meaning. Do they mean it, or do they mean it or not? It wasn't a mistake. Here's another story from today's Toronto Stun by by Brian Passafume that shows the city of Toronto. Canada's largest city has the same rules. Top Toronto doc, Ducks Child COVID Isolation Issue. No clear answer from City's Health Agency on Isolating School-Aged Children Potentially Exposed to COVID-19. Okay, so here's the key paragraph in today's story. When asked by the Toronto Sun about Toronto Public Health's stance on isolating asymptomatic and untested children based on a potential COVID exposure at school, Devilla, that's the public health tyrant in Toronto, gave no clear answer. Even after two other journalists asked, she clarify her response. The goal is to try and reduce the spread and transmission from one person to the next, but to do so in a manner that's safe for all those involved, she said. So she, she just wouldn't answer. We know what the goal is, you fool. We're asking about your methods. Clearly, with young children, they're going to need the support of their parents and caregivers to make sure they've got the necessities of life and that they're properly and well cared for, and the manner in which that is done will help to ensure the safety, yes, of the child and all those in the household. So that's still not a no. So there's no change in the policy. They really want children to be put in solitary confinement, even in their own homes, and by the way, I say again, no one involved here has tested positive or has any symptoms. Children who have no symptoms, children who are not sick. This is not a matter of a poor choice of words. They all say the same thing. Here's good work by anti-lockdown lawyer Ryan O'Connor. I'm just going to read a series of his tweets. He did some research. Sudbury! Public health Sudbury requires children who have one symptom of COVID, i.e. a runny nose, even without a case contact, to remain home from school, and the sick child must self-isolate away from other household members. How does an eight-year-old cook dinner alone? Here's another Lambton County tells parents of child in dismissed cohort last autumn that the child had to, quote, stay in her home room at all times, including meals. It was against best practice for the child to eat meals with their family, even if they were six feet apart. Who's making up these lies? Here's another one from Wellington County, one of the worst counties. Tell children in dismissed cohort to isolate within the home. Your child should follow these guidelines, limit interactions with household members as much as possible, isolate in a separate room. Uh, Here's another one, I mean, it's all over the place. This is York Region, huge municipality outside Toronto. Public health tells children in dismissed cohort to isolate within the home. Self-isolation for children can be challenging. Parents are asked to do their best to keep their children isolated from others, including from those in their own family. These people are child abusers, this is child abuse, that's what this is, child abuse, but no more than terrifying children the rest of the past year, forcing them to wear masks. Children no longer even remember what it was like in the before times. See their mom smile, see other people smile, see people talk when they talk to you. This is child abuse, that's what this is. Yeah, when some public health tyrant says, oh guys, just use your common sense that isn't allowed, that's illegal, that, that's subject to fines. It's just use your common sense. But even if it wasn't subject to a $5,000 fine, I know what common sense means to me, and I'm pretty sure it has the same meaning for most people, and I'm pretty sure it has nothing to do with what these control freaks consider to be common sense in their bizarre, dystopian, cruel world. Stay with us for more.
3: Hi, just checking in. Sorry? Can I help you? Yes, I have a room. Here? Yeah. This is the quarantine um, place, right? You will be assisted
1: over here, sir? Yes, by Omkar.
4: By Omkar. Yes? I have someone checking in, and isolation. I can help you.
3: Is this form for you guys, or for the government?
4: uh for us
3: uh february 28th hey eh? yep so i can't go to the hot tub yes.
4: but you get uh four fresh air breaks for fresh air breaks. yes four so you fresh can air ca- breaks uh, con- uh, just call the front desk and uh, schedule a time with them per day per day yeah
3: eight zero i call someone
4: yes uh, so that you can place an order for the snack and for the dinner for tonight. Okay. And they will also take your order for next day breakfast. Okay. okay. I'm so sorry, it's a strange situations these
3: days. It's not your fault, it's Justin Trudeau's fault. Thinking he can put Canadians in jails, this is basically jail.
4: Yeah, it sounds like that but we're a Oh,
3: I'm sure he, I'm sure he will, but uh, I should I should be al- allowed to go home. See my partner and uh, I I was told that there the locks had been removed from the doors. Did you hear that? I'm sorry? The locks have been removed from the doors? Locks? Locks like deadbolts? Not
4: really.
3: So that it hasn't that hasn't been the case here? No. Okay.
4: want us to go inside the slot here okay
0: and it stays here for the light sure okay awesome thank yeah. you well that is footage from our own Kean Bexty at one of Canada's federally mandated quarantine detention centers set up by Justin Trudeau at hotels across Canada that one was in Calgary Kean had just returned from a brief news gathering mission to the United States. Um, and it was a comedy of errors and no one wanting to take responsibility for things. A shambles. Kean is now out of that quarantine detention center. He is at home finishing his quarantine there, having received a negative test. He joins us now via Skype to talk about a Kian. Um It looked sort of like a minimum security experience. I mean, you had food, you were given time in the yard, you had to stay in your room 90% of the time. You could have broken away if you wanted to, um, except for we don't charge prisoners for their minimum security uh, incarceration. You were charged hundreds of dollars.
3: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we, were, we were supposed to stay in our hotel room, jail cell, whatever you want to call it, all the time, no matter no matter what, unless uh, um, a secure security personnel came to escort us to our yard time. And, you know, uh, you, met, you mentioned that I, I did partake in some yard time. Um, we, we got a lot of emails from folks and even even someone from who, who works at a federal maximum security prison and said that even his prisoners were treated better than us, given more yard time, given more time to work out. And they were uh, also given better food. Than we were given, which wasn't a surprise to me because uh, if you saw the breakfast that I ate, um, it was it was pitiful, uh, and the fact that we were paying for it even made it worse. Um, you know, luckily we were we have a lot of donors that that support the work that we do, um, but but many people who are traveling are traveling because they were going to a funeral or uh, they were going to visit their dying brother. One one individual is mentioning to me in San Francisco. Um, they're they, they are being forced to pay this money and sometimes they don't even have to stay in the hotel as long as uh, they were made to pay for it. So it just, it, it's, it's a comedy of errors and really it, it needs to be put to an end. This needs to stop and it needs to stop now.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, for example, someone visiting dying family. Uh, we've heard cases of people who have a medical emergency they need to travel for. We heard a case of a, a victim of crime who was coming to testify had to quarantine, but you know What? section six of our charter of rights guarantees mobility for any reason it doesn't have to be a depressing reason or a cataclysmic reason and if you've ever read the first page of your passport and i encourage encourage people to do so it's basically a letter from the queen to the world saying hey this is a canadian citizen please please give them all rights and privileges you can And they can come back to Canada anytime. That's basically what a passport is. So the fact that you can't come back into Canada, the country of your citizenship, and go home, and that you're forced to incarcerate, it's extra bad when it's an important reason. But even if it's just for a casual reason or vacation, a lot of people want a vacation, Some people spend maybe $1,000 on a week-long vacation getaway. They come back and then they have to spend $2,000 on their own incarceration. It's, It's an attack on so many basic freedoms that we used to take for granted until just a few minutes ago.
3: Yeah you you're totally right about that. It doesn't have to be this depressing story about why you left. Everyone has this fundamental right to come and go from this country and and frankly, you know, while I was in in the covid jail, there was I've never actually received such a, a so much vitriol from the left from Justin Trudeau supporters you know people with pronouns in their bios saying that oh I shouldn't have been traveling and, and and they they say that I deserved it staying in the hotel and you know that I mean that that was we knew it was going to happen I wasn't upset that I was in it I just wanted to document the story to show Canadians what what other Canadians had to go through and it's just not fair to put them through it um they you know Canadians have a right to go on vacation we were you know we were hard on the pro lockdown Kenny uh, cabinet ministers that went to Hawaii, hypocritically, while they were governing this province, saying we should be locked down, um, but that doesn't mean that we're opposed to other Canadians enjoying their lives, right? Like we we support their right to leave, we support their right to return, but Justin Trudeau is using them as a scapegoat, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he he's using them uh, almost to punish them. Yeah. To it, actually, it's not almost to punish them. This is basically a fine. It's a two thousand dollar fine for any travelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a travel fine, and and he's doing that almost to distract. I think from the catastrophic failure that he's had of managing this pandemic and and the recovery of the pandemic the the vaccine procurement schedule that has gone completely bonkers he's he's using third world countries to supply canada with vaccines right now to to pretend like he's doing a good job and and, and he's using these canadians these good canadians who are in sometimes desperate situations as scapegoats and it's really it's really unfortunate
0: yeah uh, one of the things most frustrating is the Kafkaesque feeling that no one knows what's going on, but you have to comply anyways. No one knows what the rules are, but you'd better follow them. Um, when you landed at the Calgary airport, there were some very officious, busybody style health authorities there. But when you pointed out, look, Section 14 of the Quarantine Act says you, you can't put anything in my body to poke and prod me, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, we don't have the right to do so. But if you don't do it, and if you leave, we're gonna call the cops on you. And by the way, there's a $750,000 fine. Here's a quick clip of that exchange. So
4: this is who you would ask the questions to.
0: Great.
3: Hello. Hi. From Public Health. Great. Um, just the people I wanted to talk to. I, I've been told that I have to get a test. Yep. And I understand the Quarantine Act says that I can refuse a foreign body being put, foreign object being put in my body. It's section 141. Of the Quarantine Act, screening technology. It says any qualified person, authorized by the minister, may to determine whether a traveler has a communic- communicable disease or symptoms of one, use any screening technology authorized by the minister that does not involve the entry into the traveler's body of any instrument other or or other foreign body. So, I would like to not not
4: do the test. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's your prerogative. Um, we you just. We put it out to uh, local law enforcement to see if they're going to take any action for non-compliance that we put that in their hands. Sure. Um, all we do is just then flag you as being non-compliant with the current uh, laws that are in place, but um, we are in no way able to force anything like like you said that's yeah. into your body. We but that's never the, have that's never the, been yeah, able so to do that.
3: But that's the law. So why would why would law enforcement be able to penalize me for following the law and practicing my rights to not accept this well because
4: this is a public health emergency order put in place Uh uh, that to protect the public health we are testing all international travelers it
3: it says you have the right to do that you just don't have the right to do it with an object going into my body if there's any you know way to
4: uh currently we don't have any non-invasive tests
3: okay you don't have any non-invasive tests no that's not my problem
4: i i i don't know what else i can say to you um you've read the quarantine act yeah um, and you are if you've read the quarantine act you are also aware of the enforcement actions that can be taken in mm-hmm. non-compliance issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so really your actions are in your hands mm-hmm. um, and whatever you do decide to do we just follow up as our as per our operations so if you are non-compliant then we do have to flag you up
3: well we would I'd be able to call my lawyer then before we do, before we make a
0: determination.
4: I will not be speaking with your lawyer.
3: No,
0: I'm, I'm calling my lawyer. Okay. So Kian, they're saying, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to take this test, but we'll call the cops if you don't. You don't have to go to this hotel and pay two grand, or there's a $750,000 fine. No helplines available. The hotel didn't have answers. They're not a law firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, public health numbers ring busy. I heard of someone who made 15 repeated phone calls to uh, the health department. Every single one of them cut off. I, part of me thinks that this is by design, as you say, to make such a mess of travel that people say, yikes, I'm not going to travel anymore. But part of me thinks, no, no, no. This is just this, the typical incompetence of Justin Trudeau and his regime who have never actually really done anything in life besides pose for selfies. They've never managed anything or run anything. So I don't know. Is it malice? Is it stupidity? I'd say probably both.
3: It's a mix of malice and incompetence, I think. And, and you're right. When I, when I told the bureaucrats and this was a story of it's in its own right, right? Like I said, well, section 14.1 of the quarantine act says that you don't have a right to stick anything in my body. You can test me. You have that right. To test me to see if i have a communicable disease which of course i obviously didn't because i took a test, a test when I was in Florida to, to come back, that, that this would have been my second test they wanted me to partake in. And now I'm going to have to take a third test. But the point is, they didn't have a right to stick something in my body, and they acknowledged that. But they said, oh, we don't have any non-invasive tests. So my options were to comply with their uh, unpreparedness and to let Justin Trudeau stick something in my body, which you know sounds horrendous, but that is what it is. Uh, um, so it was either comply or risk a three million dollar fine. Seven seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars is the maximum penalty. And it could be as much as that, right? Like whether you have a profile or not, Justin Trudeau is, is vindictive and his, his prosecutors are vindictive when it comes to this. And they want to make an example out of people. So what's, what are your options really? Sure. They, they kept saying you won't be arrested. Uh, we, we can't force you to stay here. We're not going to pin you down and make you take this test. But your alternative is something that is a, a fine that is so staggering that it could be life crippling. It could mm-hmm. be life altering. You'd go bankrupt. You'd lose your house. You'd lose your car. Uh, your family would fall apart if you got a fine like this. Yeah. And so, so really what, what's the difference if a cop comes and steamrolls you and puts you in handcuffs versus the threat and, and the, the lack of understanding of what that fine actually could be. Of course you're going to comply. And of course I did because I wanted to go to the hotel and see the the quarantine facilities and see what was going on. That was the primary reason.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's interesting because you had to pay for your own incarceration to comply. But if you didn't comply, theoretically you would be arrested and thrown in jail uh, courtesy of the the taxpayer. It's so strange. It reminds me of an Edmonton where Pastor Coates is now I think it's into his third week of imprisonment at the maximum security facility at the Edmonton Remand Center. So he's been in prison uh, for more than two weeks, but actual violent criminals have been let out of that prison because of COVID. So it's just complete upside downism. And I don't see law professors or civil liberties groups other than the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms caring. Now we have... Uh, started uh, discussions with a law firm to make a constitutional challenge to the way you were handled. Now, obviously, you're out of the COVID jail, but being forced to go in and being forced to go through that, I think gives you standing to make a charter challenge. When we have finished our consultations with the lawyers, we'll make a public announcement and let people know, I would love it if your well-documented experience served as the catalyst to have this law thrown out as unconstitutional. Frankly, I I think it's a winner. There's so many things that are breached, your freedom of mobility, your security of the person, due process. Um, You're basically thrown in jail without a trial. Um, Jailing the innocent, quarantining the healthy, none of it makes sense. And how is any of it better than the quarantine program beforehand when you just went home. Makes no sense to me, but hopefully we can get something good to come out of this in the form of a charter challenge.
3: That's a really good point. I wanted to elaborate on that. I mean, the the risk of the spread, say this virus was like the Ebola that they're pretending it is. And, you know, if I was to go to this hotel, which I did, the the likelihood of that spread is much higher with me being in that hotel. I mean, were these hotels built with hospital grade filters? I don't know. Uh my guess is the old hotels that they're using in Montreal and in Toronto that are 40, 50 years old, they're probably, you know, not equipped with the the most later most latest HVAC uh Filters and requirements and systems that they need, but besides that, I mean, if you watch the video, which you can see at nocovidjails.com, of me actually being received by this quarantine site, there was several instances when I was within two meters of hotel staff. I was standing in an elevator, not not just not just once, but three times actually, with hotel staff. Especially when I went out to go uh, experience my yard time, I was in very close quarters with these people, touching the same buttons. They actually came into my room. We 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 walked within, you know, a foot of each other when I walked into my room, the ri- they, they obviously aren't concerned about it. They're just, this is all a show. Yeah. So when Canadians look at this, they see, well, what, what is really, th- and I'm glad we were able to expose this because they see this and they see, well, they're obviously not taking it super seriously at these hotels, at these quarantine sites. So it's obviously just a show. If I just went home, I wouldn't have talked to anyone. I wouldn't have been in close contact with anyone. And the risk would have been zero of me spreading it to anyone because I'm going to comply with the quarantine when I'm here. I mean, it would have been nice if the Alberta pro program, the pilot program that only required a seven-day quarantine was still in effect, but Justin Trudeau canceled that and steamrolled the province, uh, which, you know, is another story in its own right. But uh, I'm going to comply with my quarantine. It just, I could have just gone, now I've been at two places and seen dozens of people. It just doesn't make sense. So what what is is the reasoning here?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, um, after 9-11, we went We built this whole expensive infrastructure around air travel that I don't think in 20 years has ever got a terrorist. I call it security theater. And I think what you went through is public health theater. I don't think it it would have stopped an infection if you had it. I don't think it made any scientific sense. But it was just for show, for theater, to scare people, to punish people, and probably to reward liberal cronies who I'm sure are amongst those who've received these fat contracts. We'll look forward to uh, the rest of your reports. I know you're going to be in quarantine at home now, but hopefully something good will come from this. And if we do file a constitutional challenge, we'll let the world know. Uh, you're at home now, so, uh, you know, I guess my advice wouldn't be stay safe. It would be try not to get too bored, but uh, keep up the work yeah, from tr- home.
3: Try not to lose my mind. Yeah. Thanks, Ezra.
0: Okay, see you later. There you have it, Ian Bexy. You can see all our vids on this topic at NoCovidJails.com. Stay with us more. Hey, welcome back I'm on my show last night. Robert writes, CBC is triggered that people would rather hear what Trump has to say than their love pieces over Trudeau. Yeah, I just keep laughing that Alex Panetta who says, oh my God, people are listening to Trump instead of our life-saving reports. Life-saving. You know, I I, uh, I like a guy with high self-esteem. And I guess if you're in the journalism business, you have to have a bit of arrogance. I mean, you're writing something and you have to assume people really want to read what you have to write. I, I get it. You need some narcissism to be a journalist. But mate, I don't think you're saving any lives with your listicles about, you know, the top 10 cool ways that Rihanna is reacting to the lockdown. I just don't think you're saving lives, mate. Julie writes, was amazing to see and hear President Trump. Again, his talk wasn't long enough. I could listen to him all day long. Well, you can find his whole speech on YouTube. It was 90 minutes. I thought it was a pretty good speech. Debbie writes, Trump is the news. He tells the truth and people know it. Well, I I come back to that Alex Panetta tweet. He was really mad that people wanted to hear directly from Trump or even about Trump on the CBC. No one cares about Joe Biden because I think we all know that Joe Biden isn't really the decider, is he? That's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. and Keep fighting for freedom.